Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 189 here. Altai, joined this week by... Remo. Alright. Another week, boys. Another week of us complaining about the state of MMOs and how things were better back in our day and everything sucks now and it's ever, all the young people's fault. <laughs> it's all Fortnite's fault. It's all Fortnite's fault, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. Thoughts? Fortnite? Blame Fortnite on this? Yep. Any, any problem you have, Fortnite's the problem. There you go. Blame Fortnite. Yeah, I'll tell you, what have you been up to this week? Anything anything spicy? Anything spicy? No, nothing spicy. Uh, nothing spicy. Anything uh, mild? Well, mild, I guess. Uh, Epic, for the first time, every week, I diligently check that Epic Game Store. Diligently? To see what game they're giving away for free next. And I have a whole bunch of games now added to my uh, Epic Store library, but I don't play any of them. But I played one for the first time, Transistor. I think it's still free. Uh, so if you haven't played it, grab it. It's a great little game. Um, great ambiance, music, atmosphere, graphics. Uh, short, but you can keep you know replaying it. Uh, cool. Highly recommended. Nice. How's that for? Uh, not much. That's not bad. Not, not much for me this week. I don't think I've played really um really much of anything this week. I played StarCraft One custom games for a while. Remember I that? I did play. Altai and I are really stuck in the past, boys. You know, like. We're really stuck in the past. I wasn't memeing earlier. I'm saying, you know, all the new games are ruining. I thought I were playing StarCraft 1 this last week, playing random bullshit maps on Battle.net. Old custom maps like Golems, old custom maps like Sunken D, Lurker Defense. So we are we are firmly stuck in the past. And we still have friends that are playing Diablo 2. You know, I, I, we're, we're lost in the past all the time. I know a couple of weeks, like a month ago, I was saying I played like 10 hours of Warcraft 3. Oof. We need, we need a new game, I'll take to, to bring us back to the present. We do. Um, but I don't think we're going to get it. Instead, we're going to get Warcraft 3 Reforged and Classic WoW this year. Those are, yes, not exactly new games, but they'll get us playing those games. Somebody asked if I still play FF14. Yeah, I've, I've still been playing FF14, actually. I've, I've logged in uh, a little more recently. Still waiting for Shadowbringers to come out before I really dive into it a bit more. They had a new, event, a new, uh, some new event in the game this week with a crossover with Final Fantasy XV. Uh, a bit, bit of a ridiculous crossover because you can you can get the 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 car from Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy 14. In order to get it, you just do a couple quests and you got to get like 200,000 MGP in the gold saucer, which actually had me going to the gold saucer for the first time in a long time. I did all my dailies, my weeklies to get all the tons of MGP to farm that, and I farmed it up. So you get a four-person mount for free in the game. You know, a lot of games are very nickel and diamond with their cash shops, but Final Fantasy 14 has. I, I really do feel like with their events, they've always been one of the most generous. Of like the of the you know MMORPGs out there with how much stuff they give you. Yes, it's a subscription game. Obviously, it's not a free to play game, but they give you a lot. I know about um, two months ago they released a three person flying whale mount for like thirty bucks, and now they gave everybody in the game a free four person mount. Literally a free four person mount, which I guess before cost thirty bucks for the three person mount. And they give out new cos they give out cosmetics, event cosmetics and stuff all the time with every major holiday. There's always events, crossover events, other good stuff. And I don't know. I feel like they've been very generous with it. And even the stuff that they do charge money for, you know, they sell outfits in the store for a couple bucks. You know, it's one of the, I would say it's one of the MMORPGs where the cash shop is pretty reasonable. But one of the definitely one of the more reasonable. Isn't that kind of a scumbag move though? If they sold a three-person mount for like thirty bucks, and then like a few months later, gave everybody a free four-person mount. Yes, I do think anyone that bought the flying whale mount for uh, it was like the first three-person mount in the game. They've had a few two-person mounts, but very few. There's only like three of them in the game. And then for like years, and then they added the three-person mount, which is a big deal. And they charged like a pretty healthy amount for it, thirty bucks. It ain't definitely not a microtransaction. And yeah, I guess it is a bit scummy, but I'm I'm glad they gave everybody a free four-person mount. So good for them. 
There, and what's funny is Derby made a good point. No, that mount, that whale mount was for the whales. So it was kind of like literally like it was a whale mount. It was literally a flying whale. And you could say they made it for the whales. And I guess it makes sense. I guess they, they can't complain whale. then, you know? Yeah. But I, I've been playing a little Final Fantasy XIV. I just finished all my events on there. I've been playing a little bit, uh, just doing some nonsense in the game for fun. But uh, beyond that, yeah, that's, that's, that's been my week. All right. Well, it's been a busy week um, for City of Heroes. Yes. Know we didn't really cover it last week, but uh, it is getting, you know, it is it is quite a story. It is perhaps, we can't do it just the biggest here. story. Yeah. It's it's really worth reading about. And, you know, Massively, I think, has a huge uh, story about it. You, can, you know, mm-hmm. all the details here. But to some, I'll link this here, just to some, it's one of those games where, you know, it got shut down years ago. And for a long time, everybody's been, you know, the, the old community has been itching to replay it. Mm-hmm. So you had um, you had people coming to subreddits, forums, saying you know trying to make private servers. Uh, there was like a there was a weird private server where it was just a chat, like mm-hmm. uh, just it's called Paragon Chat. You could just you know hub world. You just walk around and talk. There was no gameplay, so everybody mm-hmm. was you know hoping there'd be a private server eventually. But they came out like uh, two weeks ago that there's been a private server fully functional for City of Heroes since the game shut down basically like years ago. It's been going. It's been run. To, there's been a private server running in secret. For six years. That's crazy. For and the only way in was by invitation, right? So mm-hmm. now it came out that it existed. And a lot of people got really upset. Because one, you know, a lot of people wanted to play for years. And they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Even though they, they could have if they, if they got invited to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a huge, huge uh, division, fracturing of the community. Because you had people who this whole time they knew there was a private server and they were playing on it. Talking to people on, on the forums and Reddit and stuff that couldn't play on it. Oh, is it, man, what a betrayal, right? If you were like part of that for- community of the forum and you know half the people you're talking with are playing this thing without telling you. I was most amazed about this story when I learned that it was kept secret. Like people didn't know about it. It was only until somebody actually blew the story wide open a couple weeks ago where they, they, they put a video on YouTube showing themselves logging into this private server. And like, guys, it's real. Go look. And he put a video for it. And apparently people were like, talking about it like casually, like outside of like the like on the forums on the Reddit subreddit and stuff, where they might mention it, but nobody would believe them. Imagine like you've been looking for a private server for a long time and there is none. You can't find any. And this guy's like, oh yeah, there is one. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, and like you see that like, oh this guy's full of shit. Like there's, there's clearly no private server. You just write that guy off. So occasionally people would mention it, but nobody took them seriously until this video came out showing the private server existed. And once the video came out, and the, the I guess the the genie was out of the bottle. I think they released a source code, I think, for the private server later. So a more open private server launched uh, this last week. But interestingly, that, that they, they opened the private server to everybody. And then now I think they temporarily shut it down because they're afraid of legal repercussions now. So maybe that's one of the reasons they tried keeping and, it uh, yes, under wraps. That was the reason why it was private to begin with. Um, the people who made the server, they uh, justified their actions by saying, listen, we tried to make a private server for Tabula Rasa, another game NCSoft shut down very quickly. Mm-hmm. We tried to make a private server immediately after it shut down, but NCSoft uh, very rapidly sent cease and desist, uh, you know, legal threats, and that whole operation, you know, was basically dead. So when City of Heroes shut down, they decided to be more uh, discreet to avoid legal action. So they, they mm-hmm. had the private server going, but they didn't want to get sued, so they just qu- you know quietly trickled people in that they could trust. And the guy running the server actually made everybody sign an NDA before they could even play on the server. That's that's pretty intense. You know, this guy takes it pretty seriously. He would recruit people on the subreddit through Paragon chat and engage their interest level. And only if they met his criteria for being a hardcore enough and being dedicated enough and interested enough, will he invite them to the server. 
Like it was almost like Fight Club. You know, you don't talk about it outside of Fight Club. It was this exclusive club for a private server. And you would think in the age of the internet, they wouldn't be able to keep this secret that long. But in general, they, they did a pretty good job keeping it secret for six years. I didn't know about it. And I remember searching for City of Heroes private server before to cover. And I think we wrote an article on MOS.com about private servers for like old MRPGs. And we couldn't find anything for City of Heroes. So it, they did a good job keeping under wraps. Definitely, definitely. And so someone asked, couldn't you avoid a uh, season to this with LLC? No, you couldn't. Because they would just serve the, the season to this to the LLC. And then if you didn't, if you as the manager didn't, you know, comply, then now you're criminally liable. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of things where people think they can avoid legal liability with an LLC. I mean, the name limited liability kind of gives you that illusion. But there is something called uh, piercing the corporate veil uh, in law, where basically, if you know you're doing something illegal, which if you're running a private server, you, you generally know what you're doing is against copyright. Your LLC doesn't protect you if you know you're doing something illegal. It, 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 LLC provides no defense against something if you know you're willingly breaking the law. Yeah. And to your second point, Kayun, could he have moved to a country like Russia and ran it from there? Yes. Sure. But I don't think this engineer or, you know, to run the server, you got to be somewhat tech competent. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's not going to uproot his life to move to Russia just so he can, you know, run a private server for, uh, uh, you know, a small game. You know, <laughs> if, if he was willing to go to those lengths, yes, he probably could have done it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's silly to think somebody would do that. That is the ultimate defense, though. If you're really dedicated to running a private server and you want to make money running a private server... You have to live overseas in Russia or anywhere where basically U.S. has no extradition treaties where they can't get you. You know, if you live, if you move to Europe, they can get you over there too because they have extradition treaties with them. But like, if you're in Russia, you're pretty much untouchable. But the thing is, that how do you? You can't just move to Russia. You know, like you can stay there for like a for a certain amount of time. But like as a U.S. citizen, they won't just take you forever unless you marry a Russian girl or something. It's like you call, but, you yeah, know. Putin. Yeah, I'm running a private server. Yeah, uh, amnesty. Yeah, give me some, uh, you know, special treatment. You know, give me <laughs> yeah. honorary Russian, Russian citizenship for fucking over those American copyright holders. Yeah, get yeah. me in. Yeah, it's not gonna work. <laughs> but it's, it's it, that's the best way to run. It's the only way to basically defend yourself. That's why you know a lot of even even the thing is, if a big company really wants to get you, like Blizzard shuts down a lot of international private servers for World of Warcraft, even the ones in Russia. Because they can, because what happens is you have to sue them in Russian court if you want to shut them down in Russia. And for the most part, a lot of American companies aren't going to do that. It's such an extra expense for them that it becomes near impossible to do. But a giant company, if they want, they will come after you still and make your life miserable and make it very difficult for you to run a private server. But obviously, City of Heroes would not have done that. I mean, their you know, game has been long dead. It's probably not worth it for them. Yeah, and, but on the bright side, so they did finally release the code. Um, so mm -hmm. I suspect there will be multiple private servers publicly available in the in the you know in a short time mm -hmm. unless of course ncsoft decides to to uh, enforce their copyright uh we have no idea at this time if they how how stringent they will be with that um if, but, even, but the good thing about that is even like if you want to play city of heroes a lot of people do want to play like if you if you just get the, the source code yourself and run your own server you can play it single player and still have a lot of you know, a mm -hmm. good time now obviously mrpgs are way more enjoyable to play with others but you know if you want to relive your city of heroes experience you, you can just host it locally and play with a couple of your friends you know and then, and then you risk no chance of getting caught. You're just running privately with your friends. You know, you're still breaking the law, but you're not going to get caught. So that, that's always going to be an option, too, now, now that the source code is public. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I never really got into Studio Heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, it came out a year before WoW and was just overwhelmed by WoW, I feel. Mm -hmm. So I missed out on that one. But for those of you who do want to try it, now is your chance. Good drama. Speaking of like, say, speaking of these old MMORPGs with like a dedicated fan base, you know, Alta, have you heard of, uh, and you've heard of Pirates of the Burning Sea, right? I have, yes. So there was a story on PC Game, which I thought was was interesting, that basically this 11-year-old MMO 
outlived two studio closures. This game's been running for a long time, and I remember the studio that first made it shut down, another company like acquired it, and they shut down. Now, now a third company is running it, and it's amazing this game is around after all these years. It was never particularly popular, but it's a very hardcore, dedicated, small player base that's kept it alive. And what I like most about the story, I mean, it's kind of sad, actually, but if you control F, um, Blackbeard also uses another article. Blackbeard is one word. Mm-hmm. And just read that paragraph out loud. I thought it was, was kind of sad. Blackbeard also uses his status as an economic leader to keep Pirates of the Burning Sea afloat. Quote, I sell ships and I try to get people to buy the Burning Sea notes. I build ships specifically to try to make people spend the money because if there's no money coming in, the game will close. For me, it's not acceptable. Because then I might as well just lie down and die because I've got nothing else in my life. Ooh, that's it. He's quick that, to mark the, the last bit as hyperbole. But the sentiment is familiar to anyone who's invested time and built relationships in an online game. Well, he's really, he's really, uh, what's the term? Adopted this baby, you know, at this point. Yeah. He definitely is all it in. It does feel like a lot of people do get very much attached, like, their MMORPG. You know, if you grew up playing a specific MMORPG, it would definitely be sad to see it go. Uh, fortunately for us, I'll tell you, we grew up playing Ultima Online. And anytime we have an itch to play Ultima Online again, we still can. So, you know, there's no really risk of that game shutting it down because there's private servers for it. Like if, if the game you grew up playing for like a good chunk of your life, you know, is in danger, that, that that could definitely be a pretty pretty shitty feeling. I don't know if you know it's ever healthy to be able to say you know you might you can't live anymore beyond that, but yeah. quite the same. We we are lucky in that sense because one Ultimate Online the actual servers are still running, yeah. And I guess you know early enough there were very competent programmers who made um, you know emulators and uh, private server you know engines for it, so it's mm-hmm. it's very easy to spin up an Ultimate Online server. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a lot of these games, even though the code is out there, it's still very hard to. This it's not you know a few games like Ragnarok and Ultima Online are literally one click. Like any any idiot can make a private server for some of these games, but which that is not the case with City of Heroes. Even though the code is out there now, it's not in like a one click exe mm-hmm. format. It, you you need to have high level you know development knowledge to make it work with you know with, with what is now available. That is not the case for Ragnarok Online, Ultima Online. It's one click, bada bing, bada boom, next next next, you got your own server. Yeah, so what's remarkable is this game was basically kept afloat by such a small team. He talks about when they, when they were first like going at it, they had 25 programmers, right? And then 25 QA staff and other support staff, right? They had 50 employees working on this game with their company. And every year they had to, they had to fire people, they had to, they had to downsize. And they've and now, and as of August 2018, they only had two employees. Wow. The, 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 design, the lead designer and the, their only programmer. And in August 2018, their only programmer left the game. So like, they have nobody working on the code anymore. I think. They, then they shut down. Now a different company is taking over. And hopefully they're going to breathe some new life into it. And they're going, to, they're going to bring back a classic server, which apparently people were pretty hyped about. So they might make some money with the classic server. But, you know, they're running a game with only two employees. Definitely, definitely going to be tough. Well, definitely. And uh, I have no idea what the, what the code base looks like for this game, like, uh, what engine it's on and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I suspect uh, the number of people who are qualified and competent to manage and update it is probably like zero at this point. <laughs> That's the thing too. I, I really wish a lot of these old games, before they even get close to shutting down, they kind of like prep themselves for release, like the source code or maybe the, the, the server code, so they can live on through private servers. I mean, there is there is clearly a passionate community for a lot of these games, where you know even if it's not being run commercially, somebody's going to run it on a private server in, in one way or another. Even if it's not particularly easy to do, you release the code, you put some basic instructions in there, and then you're good to go. I mean, I feel like that would be like the ultimate thing to do for like if if you own the game yourself. Obviously, if you're NCSoft, a giant corporation. You're not going to do that, right? But if you're if you're a smaller company that has an MRPG that they can't make any money before you shut down, release it on GitHub, put the code out there, put some you know notes in there how to run it, and then and then you know sail away to the sunset like that. And I think you get a lot of goodwill with the community. 
On that note, there's actually a project I'm a huge fan of, despite never actually playing Morrowind. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Open Morrowind, and this, these are you know private people, and their goal is to make rewrite the entire engine for Morrowind, not the assets. Ooh. So you still need a copy of the game or you know a pirated copy of the game with the art assets and stuff, but they want to make the whole back end engine part of it open source and um, more modern with good good documentation. And what this basically will allow, so the game still looks like Morrowind, but what this will allow uh, once it's it's still it's working right now, so you can check it out. But when it, when they get to 1.0, it's going to allow anybody to a play Morrowind on modern machines and b mm-hmm. very easily modify Morrowind. So if they want to add you know new chapters, new mods, new characters, new stories, it's basically drag and drop, point and click, easy. Whereas the original Morrowind, you know, it's probably spaghetti code, private you know um, mm-hmm. proprietary uh, en- you know code and engines and all this crap. So this is something that's a huge benefit to. F- this will immortalize. Uh, Morrowind, you know, 50 years from now, you're going to be able to go back and play Morrowind and edit Morrowind because of this kind of project. And I, th- I wish more games, especially MMORPGs, had this kind of uh, passion behind them by, you know, either modders or the developers themselves. I'm telling you, boys, modding is, g- is going to revive MMORPGs. Again, the biggest, we talked about it last week, I think uh, we talked about Roblox having over 90 million monthly active users. It's all because of player-created content, boys. And games like you know uh, Skyrim are still really huge today because of the modding community. Mods are what really keeps these games alive. I mean, you you can't add. I mean, wh- when was the last like content created for uh, Morrowind from Bethesda? Oh, I don't know, a long time ago. Probably, probably not. Probably not for a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's modding content, keeping it going, keeping it exciting. I mean, there's still a lot to do in the game normally, but so uh, definitely a good change. I do want to see more and more people do stuff like that. Oh, Max, you're working on something similar for Silk Road. That's that's pretty cool. I would love to see. I wonder what engine uh, Silk Road is on. Is it a Gamebryo or something? A lot of Korean games use that. Back yes, in the day. a lot of those old Korean MMORPGs are made on that. Okay, I want to show you something that shows definitively, once and for all, for anyone doubting, that Lollafels and Final Fantasy XIV are objectively the best race in oh the my game. God. All right, I have actual proof of this, Altai. All right, I have real scientific data that Lollafels are the best. All right, and this is un- indisputable. Take a look. So this is a tweet uh, showing the clearance rates for ultimate content in Final Fantasy XIV. Either ultimate content, okay? Okay. So all regions can look at the clearance rate by by race. Can you tell me who's number one on that list? Lalafell female, not even male. Can, can you tell? Can, can, you know what I am in Final Fantasy XIV? A Lalafell female. All right, males. Lalafell male is number two. I have a clear ultimate content, by the way. But uh, oh, I'm, you're you know, dragging my, down my, the average. I am dragging down the average, but this shows unequivocally that Lalafell and Final Fantasy XIV are objectively the best race. Hmm. All right. Interesting. You know what's what's neat to all that? You can see the overall clearance rates too. It's one point two five percent, right? But right. that's actually unfairly skewed upwards. So if you click next to see the next picture, Altai, you can see the European clearance rates. So again, this is for the hardest content in the game. So this remember this counts anyone who's cleared either content. So if you look at just one, oh of my the god, look at those filthy long. Europeans dragging so the down European the average. Are zero point six nine percent on average have cleared, right? And then if you go to the next one, North Americans are zero point six two. They're even higher than. You know, even lower actually than Europeans. So remember, this what? number counts either of the. Oh my God! Either. North America is all casual as f too. But then look at Japan. Oh, good old Japan. Remember, North America and Europe were zero point six five ish, right? Combined, and then Japan is two point two six. The Japanese players are clearing the ultimate content in the game at a much higher clip, and you know than than anyone else. So if, I do find it interesting that like, in general, when we view Japanese gamers. Especially because they're interested in playing games like Fake Grand Order, Grand Blue Fantasy, a lot of mobile games. Mobile games are big in Japan. We've talked this for a long time. But they take their 
Final Fantasy very seriously. The hardcore content in Final Fantasy 14, they take very seriously, which I think is remarkable. Allow me to be racist for a moment. Okay. Of uh, course. I'll tell Be my guest. No, not really racist. But I feel it's, part of this is because if you are in Japan, uh, what what are your MMORPG choices? Basically this game, right? Whereas mm-hmm. uh, the Western and European um, hardcore uh, MMORPG base is split, divided between games like WoW, you know, games ESO, like you know, ESO, Guild yeah. Wars 2. So the, the number of um, games geared towards the Elite Raider in the West, I think, is higher than the East. You know that, that that that's why. So you, if you're if you're Japanese uh, and you speak Japanese and you live in Japan and you want to be a hardcore raider, what what choice do you have besides uh, this game? So look at this chart through all that. That was pretty interesting. So this shows you the again the same stats but by server now, and the all the blue servers on this list are for the Japanese servers. So what's remarkable is if you look at Chocobo, one of the most popular Japanese rating servers, six point five six percent of players in that server have cleared an ultimate fight. This is versus uh, the best American server is two percent. This is like I gotta like open this in a new tab or something. Not it's going pretty interesting on here. to see how the you know, data. It, it, it's always been this way though for for Final Fantasy fourteen. Japanese players in general do the hardcore difficult content at a much higher clip than American and European users. So they're much more interested in doing hardcore content. They're more interested in, in gameplay versus you know the American and European users are very much interested in more casual content. They're interested in you know, dressing up their characters. By the way, I, I, I love dressing up my characters too. I mean, it's one of the best parts of playing an MRPG. But it just shows, it's, it's remarkable the the difference in mentality for clearing. What's, what's remarkable too is the the way they handle clearing. Apparently in the Japanese servers, if you want to play, if you want to do like hard content in the game, you would just queue up for hard content. You know, you go to, you know, basically go to the queue up and you're waiting for the queue and you just, you just do it, right? In the American version, you go to Party Finder. So you don't nobody, nobody on the American servers, or European servers, queues up for difficult content. You go, you create a party finder, people join, and you you can look them up and kick them up, and then, and then you enter together, because you can more like select who you want to join your party that way. In the queue finder, you really can't pick, you know, if you want certain tanks, certain DPS roles. But that's the way they do it. And apparently, Japanese players don't just leave as well. In, what the American mentality is apparently that basically you pull three times, somebody fucks up, you just leave, you disband the party, you're out. You know, it's a waste of time. You know. Japanese players are going to stick with the party. They're going to keep going, and they're not going to remake if somebody fucks up. You know, they're, they're going to keep playing and and almost like gasp, work together to finish the content rather than just yelling at each other and just leaving. I don't buy that because if if the pool of players you're playing with are all like you, like hardcore, okay, don't leave. But in, I think in the West you're more likely to get somebody who's just a a, a duker. You know, he's just but, but no, but even with the dukers though, you like. A lot of those dukers have no chance to ever learn how to play the game because they always just get kicked for sucking, right? But like, I feel like if the, if the mentality is always, okay, we're just going to stick as a party and just clear this content. And maybe the mentality is still, maybe over there, they just don't queue up. Like, the shitters won't queue up, maybe. That too. Yeah. But very often, you, you have a group of capable people. I've seen plenty of parties of Final Fantasy 14 of capable people, people with all above 80 parses or 90 parses, very high percentile you know, players. And they, they, they're all just yelling at each other, calling each other idiots, and it just falls apart that way, you know? Whereas, oh, hold up. Japanese hold up. Do we chill. know they don't? Whoa, do we know they're chill? Do we know they're chill? I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, just because they don't leave doesn't mean they're not chill. I, I know it anecdotally that they, they don't disband the party, basically. Well, that's separate they they than stay being... longer. Well, I remember in, we, uh, read, we read about Korea in... Uh, Korea League... and Japan are, are distinctly different. Yes, Korea right. is very toxic. Yeah, so apparently in League of Legends in Korea, it's very common to leave and feed and, and like just trash talk your teammates, and you don't get banned for it. So mm-hmm. that was interesting to me because, you know, I didn't part of me didn't expect that from East Asian. My, my stereotype of them... It's what Omar's saying about, you know, in Japan, you know, they sit there for eight hours trying and, yes, good job, you tried, you know, let's, let's go again. But maybe, maybe they are trash-talking each other. Who knows? I don't know. 
Just because they're not leaving. They they could be trash talking each other, but I I don't think they're leaving. They're they're willing to put in the time to clear the content without making, you know, new parties all the time. And if you're constantly making new groups, you're just stifling your own progression. Also, maybe in Japan when they mess up, like here's the thing. If I'm if I'm raiding in WoW and somebody's I'm sorry guys, I messed up, I'm not gonna kick him. But here's what happens in America, guys. I say somebody messed up, like, dude, you shouldn't have pulled that. Goes, no, fuck you. You should have you should have CC'd it or you should have healed me quicker. Like, you know what I'm saying? True. You don't take you don't take responsibility. So I That's can true. see in a Japanese group where the tank is like, oh I'm sorry guys, I messed up. Oh, don't worry about it, let's try again. That would happen in the West too, but here's what happens in the West, like I said. Oh, I'm sorry guys, I fucked up. He doesn't say that. He says, You guys fucked up. You didn't heal me. <laughs> That's true too. I, I I have actually noticed that very often the worst <laughs> players are the ones that blame everybody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually remarkable because it's so obvious who the problem players are and, and they don't take responsibility. They're, they're, you're right. It's remarkable that if somebody says, you know what, guys, I, I've been really doing poorly over here. I'm really sorry. Give me one more try. Let's do a little bit longer. And nobody's going to tell that guy, shut the fuck up. Get out of here. You suck. I mean, yeah. people only say that when the guy doesn't take responsibility. It's exactly. hard to kill somebody when they're taking responsibility and you know realizing their faults. It's it's usually the the other way around. No, other way around. That's the problem. So also, that's a fair point. I've also well. noticed that Americans don't even me, uh, especially with strangers. I don't take uh, advice well. So mm-hmm. if, if I'm healing and someone's like, "Dude, you, you gotta like you know do this heal first, not that. You gotta change your rotation." I'm like, "Shut the fuck up. Do your job." <laughs> like, like I, I, I got, who do all you? Are you all telling all me? Thai, all is a part of the problem, boys. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you? What are you doing? Did I ask for your advice? What, the, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> but I can see like in Japan. Oh, thanks, bro. Like, okay, I'll try that. And, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you know, no, that's true. nobody likes giving advice, or no one likes no one likes receiving advice, and uh, they like yeah. giving advice. But even when they give advice, they give it in a, in a sarcastic manner, like yes, in a douchebag manner, and that just rev- revs up the toxicity. <laughs> true. Yeah. So true. yeah, a lot of a lot of cultural factors at play here. I I do really enjoy like again maybe I I just like toxicity, but like when people get angry in Final Fantasy XIV, it's it's always a lot of fun for me. Just the, the infighting, calling people retarded, pulling up the the logs, comparing our stats, comparing our dicks online. It, it's, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, honestly, even there are groups where I just wiped and we didn't accomplish anything in a while. Mm-hmm. I, I still have good memories if I had, a, you know, a funny banter with somebody. Mm-hmm. True. I, I, I just, I did find it remarkable that the, the clearance rates are so much higher. I'm curious if those numbers kind of apply. Is this more of a trend in gaming or is this a trend in just Final Fantasy? Like for even like console games, for example, are, are they more try hard? for like console games are there clearance rates for like console games higher than westerners well for mobile games are, are they are they in general more try i mean i, I do know the like it's not necessarily always related to gamer skill i think the, the japanese skill ceiling the average japanese player in league of legends isn't like any better than the average like you know an a player i mean korean players are better on average you know their 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 leagues are more competitive their gold leagues are more competitive than our gold league and whatnot but i don't think it's the case for for league of legends i'm curious if it's a case for other games yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess they play for different reasons. Maybe if that's true, mm-hmm. um, who knows? We'll look yeah, up some stats eventually. I'm sure for PlayStation, you can look up um, the achievements, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, and see which regions have the, the, the hard achievements to get. Yeah, and Final Fantasy 14 also has surprisingly high amount of uh, you know female audience compared to the other RPGs. I think Yoshi gave out the number before too. It's like it's over like 25 percent, I think. Which is pretty remarkable, considering most you know online games have pretty pretty low female player base. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But yeah, I mean, the only thing on the horizon for me in Fantasy 14, I'm hyped for is Shadowbringers, which is coming out uh, next late next month, I believe. Late next month. All right, so that's pretty close. Next month, or is it July? I forgot. That's two very different dates. Yeah, I forgot. So the early access date begins on. Oof, we still got a while to go. Never mind. Oh, never June 28th, mind. boys. Yeah. June 28th. 
Uh, I love how far. So look at on this chart I have open here still. Look at Gilgamesh, the North American server with the good clear rates, and look that's how a high, that's a yeah, rating, sir. It's so much ahead of every other European and American server. Holy moly! But again, they are they are def, they're they're by far the most elitist server in the game. Like this, that's the server I play on. The people are much more elitist there. It's like the tryhard server. So, but it's still so much less than so many of the Japanese servers, mm -hmm. which is remarkable again for the clearance rates. I wonder how big they. I kind of wish we had data like this for World of Warcraft. I really wish. Like, I, I love seeing data like this just to see what the clear traits look like. It might it might exist for, for a while. Yeah. No, it, it's. It, I've seen some very rough estimates for some of the content, but but nothing for like current content. Oh. I, I remember searching this quite a bit in the past. It's just, it's really tough to find. All right. We'll see. We'll look into it. I'll look into it when, when I, I play Classic WoW again. Listen, I've had I've had a lot of meaningless conversations with friends about which game is quote unquote harder. You know, some you know bullshit term. <laughs> but then, but then the argument always devolves down to: Does more difficult mean clearance rates, or does it mean like mechanics involved, or what? What, what are you using to measure difficulty? And I always defer to something called the clearance rates. But you know, that's not always a fair example either. Too, because so who, like imagine, who, who wins on clearance rates? Uh, no, there's no data. There's no oh, good data. If, okay. if you look at ultimate content, I think Final Fantasy wins. But if you look at uh, the other content, it's, it's it's hit or miss depending on the rate tier. But it, the problem is like: Is clearance rates the best way to measure difficulty in rating? What do you think, Alpine? It's clear. Uh, uh, we don't. We, we we can't know everything. But is, is that the best proxy? I, I get. It's a good proxy. I, I, it's a pretty good proxy. Yeah. But what if a game had like a raid that required you to like hit the space bar every three seconds for like one year straight? Right. And but, nobody cleared that. But, right. But, okay. Would so, that be a difficult raid? So what does the thing? Is it the best proxy? Is it the best marker in practice or in theory? In practice, I think it is because no game does mm -hmm. that. Right. Now, yeah. If a game like that came out, then we can you know we can mm -hmm. we'll have to adjust to it. But uh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So are, are the mythic clear rates really higher than that? Than higher than two percent? Uh it's it, it's tough to find. Some of the, I mean, I, th I think if you depends on the boss fights too. If you look at the like the first, I think in um well, clear the final, Azeroth, final final boss. Oh, the I, I, don't, I don't again. There there is no there is no good numbers. I, I mean, the problem. I would guess the, the the most current mythic final boss is lower than two percent. Well, I could be wrong, but that's my guess. Yeah. I don't know. Again, if you look at the NA service, it's zero point six percent, and and that's also kind of uh, unfair because it's looking at two different fights. So if you cleared any one of those two fights, oh. you're included in the clear rate. So the, the real number is probably uh, lower than that. And not only that, Altai, a lot of the clears are just alts for the people that already cleared as well. You know, people oh, are doing their alts. That's funny and too. A, so you're double counting people that only cleared one fight. Plenty of people have only cleared one, not both, and they're being counted in the statistics. So if you look at the real stat in the NA service, it'd be like I would say it's like zero point two. Instead of zero point six. Some big dig MMO arguments you have with people. <laughs> you go into ah, some stats. I mean, like, hey guys, two point one percent. All right, my game's better. I, I, I've had a like a five hour discussion about difficulty in World of Warcraft versus uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. I did. I, I think the clearance rates for the ultimate content was was I was arguing it was it was uh, lower than the mythic stuff. However, the mythic raids had high, had lower clearance rates than the savage content. Was what I was trying to say. But of course, we have no data, and then we tried to argue. We argued a lot about what it meant to be difficult, and now clearance rates aren't perfect. Interesting. Toxic masculinity. There you go, Chief Waker. That's what it is. Listen, I can, I can, I can win the argument right now. So one of them, Final Fantasy, people clear the shit on a keep on a fucking uh, PlayStation controller, right? Yeah. So it can't be hard. All right. <laughs> Some people with toys can beat it. All right. Like it's... <laughs> I don't know. I'll die. What? There you go. One requires a keyboard and mouse, like a man. It's otherwise a toy for boys. You know. Controller, come on, I win. So, what's that big rating website out there for for Mythic? Wow, Raid Prog. Uh, yeah. Make it look up some clear traits over there. Raider, Raider IO or something? I don't know. Raider IO. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see some. Let's see some raid rankings on here. See if we can find any clearance rates on here. I don't know. I, I, I wish there was some clear stats on this. I think that, I, I think you'd be surprised about the stats they have for the shit. I couldn't find anything. Mythic plus. No, that's. I want raids. Raids. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we'll look this up for next the time. Raid, I, I am yeah, really yeah, curious yeah. numbers are. Yeah, I, obviously the numbers are pretty low as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll look into it. We'll look into it, boys. Mm -hmm. All right, what do we ask? What are we, we're gonna dock it. All right, I I, I got a fun one, Altai. This is this is this is this is what I I, I love. This is probably the story I like the most. Uh, it's a mobile game by Tencent. I look at you, Altai. You might have to log in to show it though. Oh, I'm, oh, logged, I'm logged in. All right. So okay, this game is called Catch the Demon Together. Google Translate, by the way. So our boys Tencent in China. All right, China, 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 are always on the cutting edge. The bleeding edge of originality, boys. All right, they always make top tier original content that you've never seen before. All right, so they made this innovative new AR mobile game. All right, augmented reality with graphics and gameplay you've never seen before. And in case you couldn't tell, I'm being sarcastic as hell because <laughs> it's a complete Pokemon Go clone from the from from the from the literal UI to the map to everything. The only thing they changed was they replace they replaced the Pokemon characters from Pokemon Go. With looks, what looks like to be lollies that you catch. So obviously, this is a superior game. It's amazing. Um, so the way I've seen the game they've translated is, uh, let's hunt monsters. Mm -hmm. So that's the translation. And it, like you said, it looks it looks identical in UI. Even even like this profile. Okay, so for those of you who played Pokemon Go, how similar is this user profile uh, UI? to Pokemon Go. It's like identical. Even the logo of like the yes. behind looks like one of the logos for one of the three uh, teams on Pokemon Go. They, they don't, they're so funny. They, they, they're afraid to change anything. So they keep it so similar. I, it's really remarkable to me that like, you don't really, you do see American companies and European companies rip each other off all the time. It happens, right? It's normal for it to happen. But the amount of zero shame gaming that we've seen in so many Chinese companies. I mean, NetEasy is usually on the forefront of ripping off American companies. But Tencent does it too, obviously. They're not immune from it either. I would say they do it less, but this is a shameless Pokemon Go clone. And we've seen this so much from Asian companies and Chinese companies specifically. They have no shame. I do feel like in, in some, some level, American companies would feel shame to do what they're doing. Even if it's profitable, it, it would just be too shameful, be too embarrassing. But that level of, I guess... Shame just isn't there. For well, I, I'm going to argue with you that uh, you're wrong. Americans are also shameless or getting there because companies like Blizzard are actually partnering with these shameless Chinese companies to make their IPs. Mm -hmm. So for like, Diablo Immortal, there is no reason a self-respecting, you know, glorious Western civilization company glorious. should be siding or, or partnering with China to make a Diablo game. Yeah, I'm with you over there. I mean, there's no reason. It, it looks really bad for um, for Activision Blizzard to work with NetEase when they when they're known to rip off companies all the time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think they have to as well because you can't really launch your if you, if you're Blizzard, for example, you you're just basically not legally allowed to launch Overwatch and World of Warcraft in China. You just can't. It's illegal. You have to partner with a local company. The way laws work, the way that works in China is you need a partner. You just literally cannot run your game. On your own. There is not a single game run by an American company in China. They all work with a Chinese company, whether it's NetEase or Tencent. It's just, that's just the way, the way it works in China. So in a way, they had to partner with them, but they shouldn't release that game in America. The game they released for China through NetEase should be their own Chinese nonsense game. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's not good for it to be. They should not release Diablo Immortal 
in America. They should, that should be a purely a Chinese, yes. you know. And, and that's not to say Blizzard shouldn't make mobile games. I'm all for yeah. Blizzard making mobile games, but Blizzard should make them, right? They, could, they should respect the player base, their IPs that they made to, to make the game, not let some Chinese company, you know, shill it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's I, a bad, I, bad image for, for Blizzard to do that. Indeed. But, uh, but there it is, though, guys. This game is actually doing really well, you told me, right? In, Ch in China right now, this Pokemon Go clone? Yes, that, that Pokemon Go clone is one of the highest grossing games in China on, on mobile. So they're, they're making a lot of money. This is a huge success. Ripping off Pokemon Go proved to be remarkably successful for them. And like you said, if you just look at the UI for the teams, it's just it's it's really cringeworthy. And, and people ask how they get away with this. It's because they're in China. You know, the U.S. copyright laws just don't apply. And somebody asks, how can private servers get shut down, but not these companies? If, you know, you can't really enforce your IP in China. Whereas if there's a private server operating anywhere in Western Europe or America, it's very easy to enforce copyrights. But China has always been notoriously difficult to enforce copyrights over there. So, yeah, I mean, these Chinese companies rip each other off too. So it's not, they don't just rip off Americans, they rip off each other all the time too. We, we, we talked about the Biltopia, I think last week, the, the Fortnite clone on mobile. So it's just, it's, just the, it's just the way things are done in China. But at least they got lolly characters on here, which look pretty cute. I approve. Pretty impressive. All right. Well, speaking of uh, some numbers here, I got some more numbers. We got before we get to some numbers, okay. I'll tell you, I, I somebody the people were curious earlier what Lollafells look like in Final Fantasy XIV. All right, and I got to show you some cute fucking Lollafells. All right, these are grade A Lollafells. Oh my god, what is this garbage? Don't get get the hell out. Of this. this is not great. Look how cute they are. It's like it's like diabetes. It's like visual diabetes right now. This is not visual diabetes. It's all right, the these saturated are colors. Listen, there are like I follow this Twitter account for really, really cute law fellows of Final Fantasy XIV. All right, I find they look like cute. Let's scroll through those pictures. They're adorable as fuck. And if you disagree, get the hell out of here. They're potatoes. I like that. They're cute as hell. They're cute. I'm. St I think they're adorable. I gotta say, their feet are not cute. Oh, don't give me this FBI. I'm not saying they're sexy. I'm saying they're cute. Hold on, look they're at their, not sexual. Hold on, look at their feet though. Their feet. I don't know. They got their feet look too uh too weird for me. Well, they're wearing some weird outfits in that picture, I think. Like the oh, bear really? outfits. Oh. They're, they're wearing some gloves in their hands. They're, they have like normally hands, not like bear claws and hands. No, no, no. The, the 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 hands are fine. I can tell they're wearing something. Yeah, they're wearing something in their feet. Oh, they're, they are. They're wearing some weird bear claws on their feet. All right. I'm saying they're cute, guys. I'm not sexualizing it. I'm just saying it's cute. So, scene from a horror movie. This the first one does kind of look like a horror movie. Like they're gonna kill you while you sleep. <laughs> all right. All right. I I'll link you. I'll, I'll link some cat girls. I'll tell you. You're, you're more of a cat girl guy. All right. Oh, There's some really cute cat girls on this channel too. All right. I, I, I'm a fan of the Final Fantasy 14 character models. I know you don't like them. No. But I think they're really. They cute. look like clay. I don't like the look of it. You know what they look like? Uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Another game, which I, I like the game, right? The game, the systems, mm -hmm. the game. But the art style for the characters, I never liked, even from the beginning, because it looks like clay. And same thing here. These guys look like clay. I don't like it. I don't know. You're 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 just hating on some some quality. It's a like, like claymation. I hate Gumby, the cartoon. Wow. I'm gonna tell Gumby you hate <laughs> him. Gumby, right? Gumby, the guy is okay, but the cartoon is you know just just weird mm -hmm. art style. I don't like. All right, yeah, I get to your numbers, Altai. Get to your numbers. You're hating on my my Lala files. Yeah, get out of here. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Super Data. Super Data has some numbers that came out today. Or no, recently I should say, 23rd. What is today? 23rd. Yep, today. And. Uh, what the big surprise for me here is still how big PC gaming is and how how concentrated it is in China. So number one game, Dungeon Fighter Online, China. Two, League of Legends, which uh, we kind of dispute this, but I think it's like 80% China. Uh, Crossfire, China. Fantasy Westward Journey, number four, China. 
and not till Fortnite number five do we get uh, a Western game, mm-hmm. a big game in the West, I should say. So, and more importantly, PC games have been dropping, and so have mobile from uh, compared to last uh, year, uh, March mm-hmm. of last year. And console is the only part that's still growing in digital sales. I think it's just uh, like a pause year for I guess how many big releases we had, you know, for last year. I think if you look at the projections, I think Superdata's own projections. They did their game. I think we talked about their uh, year in review a couple months ago, and they show that 2019 and 2020 and 2021 will be would be big up years for gaming. So, even though we this year, I mean, last year was not a big year in revenue, not making any new records there. Well, yeah, you know, gaming is still huge. Obviously, you're going to get bigger. I, I just find it remarkable. DFO is still the number one PC game, and I'm going to say this again, boys. Dungeon Fighter Online makes more money than World of Warcraft. Yep. And not only that, DFO, I think by the end of this year will have made more money in its lifetime than World of Warcraft. So Dungeon Fighter Online is going to be a more higher revenue-generating game worldwide than World of Warcraft. I think World of Warcraft is still higher, but every year DFO makes more money than World of Warcraft. So DFO is going to close that gap and then pass it. And DFO is still growing while World of Warcraft has been has been shrinking. That's a good point, yeah. So Dungeon Fighter Online will be the biggest MMORPG in the world by revenue. Mm-hmm. I mean, the game is available in the West too, so if you're curious what it's all about, there is a version on Steam. The, and they, the global version is available. It's not very popular globally, though. It's really only popular in uh, in China. Yeah, but it's for those of you who haven't tried it yet, it definitely is worth trying. You know, only for a couple hours if you know you don't like it. Just see what it is that's you know making all this money in China. And it's just we really lose scope of just how big these games are in China. Like when we see a game like on Steam, we look at the Steam charts, for example. You know, we bust that shit open. Wow, Dota's got three hundred thousand players online. You know, you know what Dungeon Fighter Online has right, right now in China? I bet over a million concurrent players in China alone. These games hit multiple millions. I think Dungeon Fighter Online peaked at over 3 million concurrent users. 3 million. That's insane. If I try out DF- DFO, will China steal my ID? No, don't worry, guys. There is a global version. It's on Steam. Nobody will steal anything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, um, it, yeah it's, it's a Korean game anyway. It's, yeah. my, it's developed by Nexon. You will not be playing with the Chinese players. You'll be on separate global servers, um, so you'll be fine. So back in 2012, DFO hit 3 million concurrent users. 3 million. I think, let's see, what the biggest game... Well, I mean, PUBG hit 3.2 million as well, uh, worldwide, on Steam as well. Which is pretty impressive. If you actually look at the Steam charts, the next highest peak players was Dota 2 at 1.29 million. PUBG really had a good run, you know? PUBG was really up there. Yeah, they really blew it. Look, So right now, their average players for the last 30 days uh, is below 400,000 for the first time. So they... Look at that little bounce they had in January, and then they lost it all. That's all gone, boys. Mm-hmm. It's going straight down. They, they really did blow it, though, from the average of 1.6 million back in January 2018. In the last 12 months, well, 14 months, they lost... From 1.6 million to 400,000. That's a 75% decrease, boys. Ouch. I feel like every week we, we kind of rag on PUBG for losing players, but 400,000 is still, you know, average players is still is still not bad, you know, not bad. You know, okay, this is a funny Twitch story, I know, the meme story here. So Shroud is obviously a big streamer. He was you know, complaining about Apex Legends, saying how he wants to stop streaming it and go back to PUBG because PUBG is looking really good right now, like mm-hmm. all the updates and stuff. So he does that. He goes to PUBG. And three games into PUBG, he just quits. He he alt 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 you know fours out of a game and says, "I'm done with PUBG. It sucks. It's it's wasting my time." <laughs> so I I don't think the developers at PUBG uh know how to fix the problems they have. They have seventy five percent less players and they still can't fix the servers. But that's pretty sad. Like they can't complain about server load anymore because they mm-hmm. lost all the players they had. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Volvo Joy, it's been that way from like the day one. I feel like since I first started playing PUBG, like pre early access, before I even launched on Steam, I remember this the game just ran like ass. And I'm like, you know what? They're going to fix it, right? I mean, you know, the game is early access, the game just launched, and they're going to fix this shit. Played it for like a couple months and they, they never fixed it. And like I come back like a year later and like, you know, maybe I'll play it now. Nope, still didn't fix it. Game still runs like ass. You know when I realized PUBG was, you know, basically dead and you, you, mm. it can't be fixed. A few months ago, I, I just booted it up to play it. I haven't played in a long time. I want to try the new maps, right? So I, mm. I, I, I start playing. I'm, I'm in one of the smaller maps. It's like a jungle looking one. Mm-hmm. And 20, 15, 20 minutes into the match, you know, I'm like one of 20 left. It crashes out of the game and says, you need to uh, update. You need to reinstall your game for the update. I'm like, wait, why? why? It, it, that's, you know, it happens sometimes, you know. If you let's say mm-hmm. you haven't played a game in like, you know, three years. It'll say like you have to reinstall it because everything changed so much, right? Mm-hmm. I get that. But why did you have to tell me in the middle of a game? Why didn't you tell me before I launched it? Like, usually this happens like when you try launching a game, it says uh, there's been a big update. You have to reinstall uh, all this crap. I, I get it, you know. But mm-hmm. why just boot me out of the middle of a game and make me do it? Like, it made no sense. Like, I, how could it be that stupid? Good point. I don't know. PUBG has always been kind of wonky for me. It's always been it's always been an issue. I think mean, Fortnite always ran better, but now that we've seen Apex, Apex runs pretty well. Has its own, had a I, I do feel like Apex had a pretty smooth launch, all things considered, with how bad PUBG was. But that had a problem too. I think Fortnite actually for me had probably the most clean, like, experience of like just the most reliable. That was my personal experience with it, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people complained about Apex for a little bit, like you were disconnecting, mm-hmm. but you know, for a lo- you know for launch week, it, I thought it was really smooth too. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm looking at uh, Steam games. There's a new free-to-play MMORPG on Steam. I'll tell you. Look at this bad boy. Have you heard of Have you heard of Stein World? Stein? No, I haven't heard of Stein World. I feel like I've played this game. and They just renamed it. It's not actually a new game. I feel like I've played this exact game. I see. And it looks kind of like the game we played last time. It does look like the game we played last night. I do feel like there's like this 2D MMORPG maker out there that I forgot exists. That a few games are made using. It looks really cute though. Kind of looks it like does look pretty it looks cute. like an old uh, Harvest Moon game, like a. Uh, yeah, like a Game Boy Color era or Game Boy, Game Boy Advance era Harvest mm-hmm. Moon game. There are a few games with this look, at least like four or five I've seen personally, with this exact look, and I'm I'm pretty confident they all use the same engine as well. So it's I've, I don't know what the engine is called, but we've seen I've seen a lot of games use this. Maybe if somebody realizes what it is, and the it it does have a very Stardew vibe to it though. Yeah, I like it. it looks I, really cute, I like though. the style. Yeah, I, I like. If anyone's curious, I dropped the link over here. It's on, it just launched on Steam apparently, but I do feel like they just renamed it another game. Maybe I'll, I'll look into this later. I'm curious. I'll give it a whirl though. I think it was originally browser based. Maybe. Looks really cute though. But these are the kinds of games I want to see on Kickstarter. Not like these epic. We're gonna change the soil samples. It's gonna affect the crops and the potions. The potions you make and shit. No, you can't do that. All right. Can't do it. Oh, Can't do it, boys. It's also free to play, which is good in this game. Yeah. 169 players online right now, and it just well, it came just out today. That's all right. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Look at the free to I, I do like looking at the free to play list sometimes on Steam just to see what's, you know, on the docket. A lot of goodies will appear on there once in a while. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, did you, or did you guys know that Lineage 1? which is big in Korea still, was actually a subscription game. Still? Well, it's, That's pretty remarkable. It's changing in May. It's finally going free-to-play. Hype. So, <laughs> you know... But maybe, we can't really play that game in America. I'm pretty sure the North American version shut down years ago. 21 years later, it's going free-to-play. 
They've also had a remastered update for the game, which makes basically fix the uh, resolution issue. So now you know it's nineteen twenty by ten eighty, and all that. So uh, it's still kicking. It's gonna be free to play now in Korea. There are private servers for it here in the West, even though there's no official version. Mm-hmm. And we did play it before, and it's it's very difficult to get into without a guide, without somebody helping you. Very difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Not easy, boys. Lineage still on the other hand, uh, much easier. I recommend playing if you never played Lineage One or Two. I recommend playing Lineage Two. People will say Lineage One is better. I think Lineage One is more popular thanks to its success in Korea. But Lineage Two is a game you can actually play and to figure out what the hell is going on. Versus Lineage One, you you will have no idea what's going on if you've never played it before. We have um a, a big story this week though is Peria Chronicles that we got to talk about. I think last week we mentioned they changed something on their website and then we were speculating if they're making progress. Yeah. But Altai, they are making progress on Peria Chronicles. There is a beta happening, Altai. You can register for the beta that's about to happen. I, I heard this game is actually coming out, Altai. Yeah, it's May- actually yeah. May 9 to May 12th is going to be a closed beta in South Korea for the game. So and look at the trailer they released, Altai. It's some zero gameplay trailer. Oh, my favorite. I love zero gameplay anime trailers, but you can see what's going on over here. It looks really cute. Look at this zero gameplay gaming. I'm curious of what Paracrons looks like today versus like the the spiel I read about it. Like, Altai, do you know when this game was first announced? Uh, 2015? It's been at least six years. I think 2013. Wow. We, 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 we say so in our Parrot Chronicles page. I remember we put our estimated release date for Parrot Chronicles at 2016. Can you believe that? Right, no, it was revealed on November of 2012. Seven years ago, boys. It's been about about a little less than seven years, boys, for, for Parrot Chronicles. But it looks like it's finally happening. Though I don't know what it's going to look like now. Again, we read a lot about their user-generated content back... Um, quite a few iterations of the game ago. But now, who knows what it's going to be. Hopefully, it's not just another, you know, random anime RPG. It's not just another Aura Kingdom or something, and it's, you know, they stick with some special sauce. Love the art style, but I don't just want another anime RPG. If I want to play another anime RPG, I'll play Aura Kingdom. Aura Kingdom is a good game. It's not bad. It's just another generic anime game or RPL or any of those, you know, Korean anime games. But I want I want Parry Chronicles to be different. I want, I want them to stick with their guns with player-created maps and whatnot. Uh, well, we'll find out in um, two weeks, so it's not too far. There, there is gameplay footage, but it's pretty old gameplay footage now. Maybe so we can find it. It's just, it's a few years old. A lot of this content. Here's a, here's a gameplay video as well. But again, we don't know what the design philosophy is now versus what it was before. I'm not sure old. I'm not sure how old this trailer is though. But visually, again, the game looks pretty. But I want them to have the user created stuff. At least it'll be different that way. We'll see. We'll find out. Right. What happened to that uh, mobile game, Altai, that we mentioned like a year ago? The one that's been on mobile in uh, PS4 or something? The Japanese one? Oh, Caravan Stories. Caravan Stories. What's the spiel with that? So is Car- it still alive? It's still alive, and it's coming to PlayStation, uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, in the West? In the West. It's an, I, I actually listened to it. They speak in... Uh, it's fully dubbed in English. Hmm? So this is an interesting uh, story. It started on mobile, and it came to console. So it's usually like the reverse, you know, like you get yeah. you get the full feature version and then like a mobile shitty port, but yeah. this is opposite. So that's pretty cool. Interesting. It's actually coming in America. And yeah, and we might get the we might get the console version before we actually get the mobile version. Nice. It starts with you steering a caravan. That would make sense given the name. It begins with you. Ooh. 
interesting. I think I think the art style looks beautiful. I mean, I, I can't really uh, comment on the gameplay, but uh, the art style, I you know, I really like it. it kinda, I feel like we've been we've been deceived too much by art style. The art style can always look pretty, but the, if the game sucks ass, the art style is not going to carry. You know what the art style reminds me of? Trusty Bill. Trusty Bill? You talking about that PS? Three? PS3 RPG where you play as Chopin. Yeah. And you like molest some twelve year old girl. Yeah. I'm yeah. Right. What was it called in the West? Uh, Eternal Sonata. Eternal Sonata. There you go. Yeah. It was. It was. That was. That was an oddball of an artistic game. I don't know if anybody in our, in our chat has heard of Eternal Sonata, but you play as this like forty nine year old, uh, like classical musician, and you hang out with some like twelve year old girl. <laughs> Very weird. Because <laughs> every time you hit the start menu, you can see like it, for some reason it told you everyone's age. So it would be like Chopin, age like forty. Like forgot the main character's name, but like age twelve. Definitely a little weird. Well, I liked it. Where do you think got the inspiration for uh, for his songs? Ooh, right there, you go. For his Look, there you go. Chopin was a connoisseur, a fine Japanese lolly. All right, it's insp it's inspiration for the greats. There all you right? go. Oh, we got a date, July 2019. There we go. We'll get it on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the funny part. Will they charge money for this on PlayStation, even though it's a free mobile game in Japan? I want to. better not. I, I want to think they'll make it free on the PlayStation Store, but who knows? We'll see. Hopefully. All right, what else on the dock? Anything spicy? Uh, well, here's a fun story, and it actually has to do with Las Vegas where we are currently residing. Las Vegas man threatened elementary school shooting in HOTS. So this, this first of all, first of all. Come on, HOTS? HOTS, this, first of all, he's 20. Look, if he did it in Dota too, I respect him, man. All right, but you're threatening a school shooting over Heroes of the Storm? Come on, get the fuck out. Look, first of all, look, he's 26 years old, right? But look at this picture. He looks like, he looks like older than me. He looks like, oof, you know, you, you don't want to judge somebody by just the first glance, but this is like the most judgeable person ever. <laughs> he's old, this looks old. He He's looks old. old. He's got receding hairline. He looks like he does like some uh, crystal meth on the side. <laughs> oh boy! But anyway, definitely a questionable. Character. So he was playing hot, and apparently he got upset in a match, and then uh, upset in a moba. Nah. And here's what he said. Apparently, quote: "Someday, when I have enough money to buy a gun and some ammunition, I will shoot up a school where I live." He wrote, according to his dress report. Imagine. So anyway, he's crazy. So this is a direct threat, and he got reported by uh, the other people in the match, right? And then mm -hmm. during his, and then here's the best part. The uh, so he's his defense attorney was arguing to the, to the judge that he was just you know memeing, he's trolling, you know he's joking, uh, and this is this, this is common online. And the judge, even though he's probably not a gamer, he had an excellent response. He said, "If this is so common, why did why did your other players report you?" <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that judge is smart, you know. Like, <laughs> like if it was just normal, they wouldn't have bothered to you know report him. So yeah, definitely he fucked up, and he's gonna. Do some time or pay some kind of penalty. Uh, but yeah, it's an yes. interesting story. And here in mm -hmm. Vegas. That actually reminds me. Somebody said in our chat in America. What was that story, the Fox News story about like that person in Walmart? Oh. Remember the headline? It was one of the funniest things I've seen. I, I No, I don't remember. I, I don't have to say it. I can't find it either. Mm -hmm. But that's the kind of stories we got here in Vegas, boys. We got a lot of crazies here. Vegas definitely attracts its uh, fair share of crazies. I'm trying to find this, but I don't know if now's the time to do it. Oh, here's it here. here. Right, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> Rage <Awesome>. game. 
No, I mean, this game, oh, this guy definitely messed up, guys. You, you can say stupid shit in America. I, I say it all the time. But you can't make a direct... He's, got, he's literally saying, I'm going to buy guns and shoot a school. Like, come on. Like, you know, I don't know. Also, he's, he's not, you know, he's not, he, just because you get arrested doesn't mean you go to jail. So, you know, the court is going to go through the court process. So, you know, he might not get, he might not go to jail. He might do probation, some kind of community service. We don't know what the actual terms are going to be. Okay, this is my favorite America story. All right. This is a real headline from Fox News, boys. This is only in America. Have you ever seen a headline like this anywhere else? Chaos at Walmart as a woman performs karate, son exposes himself, dog steals food, police say. I love it. What a headline, boys. This is this is amazing. This is this is a Pulitzer Prize coverage right here. All right. This is not like an April Fool's joke. This is real coverage. <laughs> this 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 is what goes down at Walmart, boys. How is this a headline? Woman performs karate? What, what's going on? <laughs> There's actually a funny line in this. Uh let me find it. Uh <laughs> Just another Monday at Walmart. There you go, Tony Grimm. Dad masturbates. That, that's like the only thing that would make this headline even better. If it just ended like with like after dog steals food, dad masturbates. Just puts it all together. Okay, here's the best line at the end here. Bo was caught by officers in the store and brought to the Humane Society Association. The dog was not charged. We issued him a warning for the theft, police said. So they issue they issued the dog a warning for, for the theft. <laughs> Wait, why was this this is, this has to be like a meme, but it's not. <laughs> But they, they put this in the actual story. That the dog was not charged with the theft. They issued the dog a warning for the theft. Bad dog. It's like the one bad dog. Right? <laughs> He's not a good boy. He's a bad boy. He's not a good boy. Not, not today, boys. Not today. Uh... Good officer. Good officer. <laughs> All right. If I want to link the story, it's quite. It's 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 real, boys. It's real. Yeah. I thought that had to be a meme, but no. I I actually had to Google that to make sure it was real when I first saw it. All right. Well, we're really all over the place. So. Let's go back from Las Vegas, back to China for a minute here, guys. Back to China. Back to China. We're just flying all over. Las Vegas to Walmart to China, our final destination. All right, here we go. So I think we've covered many times that China is trying to restrict the number of games that gets released. Every game now has to go through a process of approval. And finally, the government has codified what they're looking for uh, and what what the process will be going forward. So a few Mm -hmm. uh, headlines here. There will be a hard cap on the number of games that China uh, approves of every year. So uh, the cap is going to be, I believe they said around 5,000. Don't have an exact number, but um, that is already less than the number of games released every year in China. Wow. So there, some games will have to be are going to be censored, basically. And number That's two, fine. there's a lot of shit games anyway. There are a lot they of shit games. They are just blanket banning all mahjong games, poker games, um, and basically gambling games, and. HTML5 like uh, games and mini games like on mobile apps are also going to be you know required to be uh, approved and go through the approval process. So if you have like, some shitty game on like uh, Newgrounds, if you want that game to be available in China, that Newgrounds game will have to go through the approval process, just like you know a new MMORPG or whatever. Uh, that's pretty, and that's going to really clog up the uh, 5,000 games a year, right? Because you, you know it's very easy to make a shitty mobile, uh, HTML game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough to get games approved there now. At least tougher. You know, more legit games will get approved. A lot of the Duker games won't. And again, it makes us appreciate that we live in uh, live in the West here, where basically any game gets approved automatically. None of that nonsense. Our hobby is not censored the way it is overseas. Yeah, so a little more numbers here. So apparently in 2017, 8,500 games came out in China, uh, of which uh, 37% were Mahjong and poker games. 
So mm-hmm. the brunt of the enforcement is going to be stopping these really low quality uh, gambling games. Mm-hmm. I know, there's a lot of low quality games in China, so yeah, hopefully stop a lot of them. Another thing of note is, uh, you know, we've known for a while that they don't like blood in Chinese games, the government. So what a lot of companies would do is make the blood green or blue or something. Uh, that will no longer fly. Changing blood or the pools of blood to a different color is no longer uh, allowed. You will not get approved if you do that. You got to remove the blood, I guess, totally. Interesting. And yeah, there's a lot yeah, of, lot of yeah, a lot of tidbits in here, guys, if you want to look through it. We, we were so disconnected from this, again, in the West, where violent video games and like sexual games and stuff like they exist online we can all play them there's no restrictions but the world is a little different elsewhere yeah i'm sure you know a lot of those chinese users can plan american servers and stuff too through vpns but they're they're pretty strict on what they're allowed what they allow in china which is still really weird to think about yeah yeah it's a totally different world but uh, do you think any of it will bleed here i i think it will eventually i think we're gonna get similar not 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 as harsh um <laughs> restrictions and processes here uh, you know, don't forget, guys, we're not that far removed from an era in America where, um, you know, on, on broadcast TV, you couldn't swear, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't show too much violence. There were restrictions on what could be said on, you know, in the media. Um, so, yeah, it's not it's not unheard of, this kind of censorship in the West. I mean, they, they say, like, the amount of people who play video games is going up quite a bit. This is an old article from the New York Times for about, like, two years ago. Why some men don't work? Video games have gotten really good. So the amount of people playing video games, like how much time they dedicate every week to playing video games has increased like over 50% between 2004 and 2015. And the number is only going to keep going up. You know, these are average numbers for young men. If you scroll down, you'll find it. It's still a very low average because a lot of people don't play video games a lot. But the people that do play games play a lot. And there's a lot more people playing video games now than ever before. So I think if these numbers get too high, like if, if these numbers, like if the average person ends up playing like seven hours of video games a day, at that point, I think... I, and I, well, I don't think it's necessarily a good move. I could, I could easily see the U.S. government kind of following the footsteps of China, where maybe they'll pass laws where, you know, you can, or in Korea as well, where you're only allowed to play like X number of hours per day, and you can't play after 10 p.m. if you if you're a minor. Like in Korea, to play a game, you'd put your social security number in to play, and they do regulate how what, what hours you can play. So if it ever gets real bad, like it is in, real crazy the way it is in China and, and South Korea, we could see this coming to the West too. Yep. That's true. Somebody mentioned there are people that watch more than seven hours of TV a day. Yeah, that's true. I and mean, the average number of people that like the TV numbers are even higher. People watch, you know, people that they go to work, they come home, they watch TV, they go to sleep. But that's like the average, you know, I would say video games are probably more interactive than TV. So I would say it's healthier than watching TV. Well, they like uh, TV because the, the experience is controlled. The government can control what is fed through the pipes, you know, in a game, I mean, you know, you could, like, yeah. you could talk about anything it's, in the game. Well, it's not like, you know, if you're watching like, Watching your, your your fucking Cartoon Network, or you're watching your, you know, Sci-Fi Channel. It's not like interrupted by government broadcasting of like propaganda or anything. Uh, maybe in the future it'll be like subtle, uh, you know, notes. Maybe, here. maybe. Who knows? Uh, but, I mean, as the numbers go up, I could easily see video gaming kind of viewed from the same lens as like some kind of controlled substance or like some kind of like regulation on that. Because you know, a lot of kids are clearly very much you know playing games nonstop. So. There's a pretty crazy stories about, you know, people getting violent in Asia over, like, playing video games and stuff and just, I don't know, losing it. Losing it. should, should interf- you know, interfere with it, but I think it's unavoidable. If it, if it starts to become harmful, for the same reason they get involved with, like, know, alcohol and shit, they're going to they're they're find a way to get involved there, even though I don't think they should. Yeah. I think I'll start with the loot boxes. Gambling will be their way yeah, in. Yeah, that's one way of getting in, yeah. Yeah. 
they tried to get in with the violence, but uh, they were beat back. You know, so that 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 that, that door didn't open. But they'll get through the back door with, with gambling. Yeah. All right. With that, yeah, post game all time. Post game sounds like a good idea. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for watching for YouTube. Take uh, Ray J made a cool CIA thing. I want to talk to him about that. Okay. All right. Let me close this.